everyone and welcome to the Pulse Podcast. Today is Friday the 22nd of July. We hope you're looking forward to a good weekend. So if you're new to the podcast, we just talk about the latest news in Ghana. We look at um, news, politics, international business, entertainment and sport. So my name is Stacey Knott. I'm a senior reporter with Pulse Ghana and today in the studio I have... Kwame Watch of Pulse Sports. David Molly Entertainment. Emmanuel Quest, Pulse Business. So, as normal, we're going to start off with the news. The two biggest stories that we've been focusing on this week has been the um, election date. So, the parliament were going to change it, but they decided not to. So, originally, it was going to be um, December 7th. They wanted to change it to November 7th, but that change didn't happen. So, Europa, you've been following this? Yeah. um, Initially, their wish was to... Um, make the election come off on November 7 mm-hmm. because we've been having issues. You know, when we vote on December 7, transition starts the following month, entering into next year. So we have just one month, January 7, to do the transition and all. Okay. And there are issues with it. The time frame is too short. And also, the wish was that, okay, when we bring it a bit forward, then we'll have time to have our transition process going smoothly. But yesterday, um, that is Thursday, Parliament, they were unable to pass the Constitutional Amendment Bill. They needed 185 members to say yes to it, but they ended up having 125 saying yes, 97 saying no. So in effect, they couldn't pass the bill. So what it means is that what it means is that election is going to be held on November 7. But even before the whole process began, we've had the minority MPs here and they're saying that they feel the EC is not ready, does not have the materials ready and all that. They are being overwhelmed with exhibition exercises here and there. So it would be ideal to have the elections on December 7. So that's where we are now. Instead of November, we are going back to our normal date. Okay, so who was it that bought forward the bill in the first place? It was the Electoral Commission, uh-huh. and I know the minority raised issues earlier on that they should have brought it earlier mm-hmm. so that the whole process would have begun. And but was it not the minority that ended up voting against it? No, I, it was a secret ballot, so okay. you cannot really tell, yes. But they needed 185, but they ended up getting 125 and 97 voting out of it. Mm-hmm. But you cannot really say it was a secret ballot. Okay. But what are you guys thinking but, um, happened? I think the EC have had a lot of stake, like with what they've been doing since um, Charlotte, Miss Mrs. Charlotte or say took over. Mm-hmm. But I think this was a really good decision, if it did happen, because bringing it forward to November seventh would have been best. Sometimes we have runoffs in our election. We wait two weeks before we do another election. So from December seventh to December twenty first, then. Um, January 7th, we have to have a new party or if the person is continuing. The transition one week is not enough mm. to like transition from one government to another. So I think it was a right decision. But I don't know the exact, as she said, it's a secret ballot. I don't know the exact um, reason for them denying this this change. And we will never know because it's a secret ballot. Because if you come out to tell us, okay, this was the reason why we voted against, we will know you voted for this. And I don't think you any know, of them you know, would want to do that. that. They were having issues saying that the EC, especially the minority, so there are issues here in there that it could be that the minority actually voted, voted against, against it mm. because they had issues with the EC not being ready not and being all ready that. 
even though the EC says they were ready for the November 7 date, they were still insisting that they were not ready. Oh. Both exhibition didn't come off as early as planned and all the materials not being ready here and there. So that's what they are. Talking about that, I, I, I quite agree with them because looking at going into the elections, I think the decision was the right decision to change from um, December 7 to December, um, November 7. But the problem was if they knew this was the right decision, even the time they took to parliament was, was really close. We have like three months into the election and then you are telling us this. So it was a right decision, but wrong execution. So the last election, it was November, uh, sorry, December, December 7th, 7th, right? And wasn't that contested by the NPP? Because that no, I mean, sorry, like the actual outcome of the election was contested and it went to court, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. So what was the timeline for that? That was over. It took like six months okay. because we entered the next year. But so did they contest it straight away? Yeah, yeah they did they because they had to before January 7th. Okay. So they mm-hmm. filed all their um, documents before January 7th, but the actual case took longer than expected. Mm-hmm. So that will also raise the issues, okay, so if they win, what is going to happen? Are we mm-hmm. going to change? Mm-hmm. But they didn't, so that thing just went off. But that would be my question for this year. So if it, so, the election's going to be on December 7th, yeah. and if the losing party contests, what's likely to happen then? It's, they'll have one month to contest it, is that right? No. Yeah, once, they'll, once they file their case in court, the incumbent yeah. keeps the being president, president yeah. okay. until it is resolved. Yeah. Okay. That's what happens. And is that something that you guys think might happen again? Well, it depends. Um, you know, the last election, I keep saying there were too many new things. Uh, we started with the electronic verification mm-hmm. or biometric verification Perfect. exercise where the machines let us down big time. For the first time, an election ran into the second day. This time, I think there are some similarities. We should be very grateful that um, Parliament, then this is my personal opinion, Parliament kicked against the November 7 because, first of all, we still have biometric uh, verification exercise uh, exercises to deal with. We have the registration process to deal with, you know, in terms of NHIS mm-hmm. uh, registrants and things like that and then you throw in a new thing let's do it a month earlier it to be almost the same result again in 20 as we got in 2012 so i think that they just saved us that ordeal as to whether we'll have people contesting it depends on how the election is organized and how it goes from what chris is saying and then last year's election i don't think that was going to be a problem because i think the problem with the biometric verification and all that has already been resolved. Because last year, I remember we had our president coming on screen, national television, to tell us, okay, if this person, you find their name here and that, you should allow the person to vote. I don't think that's going to happen again this year because we've already gone through that and we know what we are supposed to do. But the point was, if the EC thought that was the right decision to move um, the election from December 7 to November 7, which I think it was, why, what, what, what were they waiting for? They should have sent it earlier so that people know, okay, we still have more time to prepare for this election. But let's move the date forward. Me, I think the waste of time, that one month's preparation is still not enough considering what I've seen this year. The two major political parties in Ghana are not serious. The EC, I don't want to say, but some, some of their decisions are questionable. Why, if you know you are going to do this, why not do it right away? So it's a whole lot of situation, but I think November 7th would have been great. Considering this election, I predict it to go into a runoff. Seriously. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. And I think we'll just move on to the other um, one of the other bigger stories this week, which I find 
interesting is um, the African Union had their 27th summit uh, just last week, I think it's still ongoing, and at that they launched the um, African passport. So this means that there'll be a passport for everyone to have free movement, and I think it's mainly based on trade, is that right? Yeah, it is, and I have said it before, statistics shows that um, Ghana, in, in the case of Ghana, Ghana does more business with Europe than the next door neighbor to war. Or, yeah, out of our international trade, um, only 30% is done with West African countries or African countries. The rest is with Europeans, Americans, and the Western world. That ought to change. Again, um, anything that is going to help integrate all the individual African markets would be very good because then you have collective bargaining um, uh, opportunities like EU has. Of course, it's, not, it's still not so formed as EU, mm-hmm. but practically if you have easy movement, if you have uh, a, a sort of integration of the markets, that is going to help you at the end of the day. Um, apart from that, the other, the other concerns are of security. Mm-hmm. For example, um, bottlenecks in terms of bribery, other 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 customs and divisions points, and all of that. And then we throw in terrorism in West Africa. So, do you want to facilitate free movement in that way? You know, sacrificing security. So, those are some of the questions. But in terms of a purely trade uh, reasoning or business reasoning uh, point of view, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. You are the business guy, so you are saying it's yeah. a good thing. But from a normal layman point of view, I don't think like it's going to have a major influence on trade. Because wow. we are in a country where we still love the Western material than our own. If you go to the market to meet a Togo jeans and a jeans from US, you are not buying the Togo jeans. Trust me, you are buying the one from US. So it's not like the people don't have access or don't have the ease to move to Togo or West African countries to trade with. They just prefer to go to the Western world to mm. trade. Okay. It's, it's a matter of preference. Let me respond. Okay, so yes, that's true for some commodities like finished goods and stuff. But majority of the business that we are trying to push in the West African sub-region or African sub-region is in raw materials and food food supplies. We have huge arable land in Africa, but there's food insecurity across the, con- the continent. Um, we don't have ready market for our raw materials and stuff. So there are times where it's a lean season for grains in Nigeria, but it's bumper harvest in Ghana. Yeah. So that's over 60% of well-being for African uh, Africans, which is dependent on our Greek food, shelter to some extent, and even health. So that's fine, but for the finished goods, of course, they're still... Okay. And they're still, like, you know, they're still at the very early stages of it, so I think they're initially um, releasing the passport to, like, heads of states, diplomats, yeah. that kind of thing. And I think it was just the president of Rwanda and Chad that were the first ones to actually get this passport, and, I, I you know, they've still got a long way to go with the conditions and stuff. But what I find interesting was, obviously, I'm not going to benefit from it, but you'd get free travel... Everywhere yes. you want to go, right? Like visa free. <laughs> if it's yeah. a free, yeah, you can just go. And to but South do you think, yeah? yeah. No, I think South Africa yeah. will be like yeah. crowded. Like, but then uh, that's what I wonder because you know, with the EU, they have free travel and they're free to um, live and work in different countries. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to be the same kind of conditions with these the passports. Kind of condition, people will start pulling out. Mm. South Africa in the next oh, two or three years will try to pull out because, yeah. like. People just be rushing there because they are, they are, I say, yeah. they are more economically stable in Africa mm. than yeah. 
all other countries i don't know they are saying morocco or libya or yeah, something but yeah, yeah. aside that they are really good and then people Mauritius, sorry people would like to move yeah, there nigerians alone will just <laughs> yeah so it will be creating it will be creating problems for them yeah. and then they will say okay so what are we getting from this why don't we just pull out or something so okay so so, be, so to, to sum it all up um traveling ar- across the borders of africa is difficult even by land mm-hmm. it's yeah. terrible yeah. and to some extent it's even cheaper to travel from from ghana to the uk than from ghana to nairobi sometimes mm-hmm. that is, yeah, is, is 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 something that has to be dealt with again as i said we need to open up the trade benefit now we have the example of the eu to learn from and this is a time where africa has to start you know stepping up Mm-hmm. Especially when you have people who have gone ahead of you to learn. Let's see. We'll pay a keen attention to the modalities and see if it takes care of. But it's a genuine concern about migration and all. But yeah, we should be able to deal with it. Okay. Thank you very much for that report. Um, I guess while st- sort of staying international, um, I just want us to quickly talk about the. Um, what's her name? Melania Trump. Mrs. Trump. Mm. Mrs. Trump. Um, so. We'll play the audio now, actually, and then we can talk about it. So this is um, a speech that Melania delivered this week, and overlapping it is a Michelle Obama speech from 2008. So she's been in a lot of trouble um, for plagiarising this speech. So have a listen. That you work hard for what you want in life. That your word that is your, your bond. Is your bond that you do, do what, what you say, say you're going to do. Your that you treat people, that you treat people with Dignity and <coughs> what do you guys think? I think it's pretty hilarious and damning. Kwame, you've been following it? Okay, um, I think it was hilarious. It took over social media, everybody talking. But the surprise for me was the response from Trump himself and um, his, his spokeswoman. Trump came out on his Twitter page to say, no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> <laughs> like... He just doesn't care. And That's he, the whole point. Yeah, he but, doesn't care. And he but, was like, but, everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, we all make mistakes. And that is so bad. That's you, such you, a cop-out. You just, you just can't do that. No, yeah. you, you can't do that. And then his spokesperson, Katrina Pearson, I've seen the lady defend Trump. She is good. I told you. I saw her on TCNN the other time. Somebody trying to criticize Trump for some else. And then the facts she gave and the things she said was good. But she didn't handle this one well. A media house had her on Facebook Live. She was kind of going somewhere, so they just caught her off guard and then asked her. And then she said something in the way of um, Michelle Obama didn't invent the English language. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, what? What? Why would you say that? Then the 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 word um, plagiarism is, is shouldn't be there because nobody invented the English language. But you do a research, somebody can take your research. Yeah. Somebody has sat down to write a speech. Yeah. If you want to take a few words from it, fine. Yeah. But you go word to word from beginning to the end. We ask you as a spokesperson of the woman. You tell us Michelle Obama didn't invent the English mm. language. That was so bad. They yeah. handled it wrongly. And then they coming out with a PR saying... Um, Meredith MacGyver yeah, um, um, has taken responsibility for it. So she is one of the speech writers. They said no. Yeah. 
this is all PR. Uh-huh. And it's like, so we don't, we PR. Don't believe them. And then there was this question on social media going around if even this person existed before the whole situation. They are trying to calm things down, but I don't think they handled it well. But they've learned their lessons. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen again. And it's a lesson to all of us. But then, you know, what if the shoe was on the other foot and it was Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton, I suppose, that had plagiarized Trump a speech? Would have, <laughs> would have asked us to hang her. And, and it would have hurt Clinton more, uh-huh. way more than exactly. it is hurting um, uh, Trump. Trump now. Yeah. is an issue of brand. Already we know who Trump is. He's not exactly the very, the very educated person. Uh-huh. He, you don't, you don't expect him to give a speech that would be so intellectual. Oh what no! About he always said, "I am rich, <laughs> and I'll rich. make America no, so rich." Exactly. Oh gosh! So, you all of you. So, let's build a wall. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, when you ask people, I don't think so many people will be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So done more than but isn't that terrible? Our expectations are so low yeah. for this buffoon, basically. <laughs> but I was watching um, presidential nominees, like the US, and. I think they combined everything. Yeah. But I realized that uh, they were all saying basically the same thing, mm. but in different words. Mm. So maybe she could have said all what she needed to say yeah, in so many different ways. Because the, the theme, words, everything was the no, same. No, no, not the same. I, I, she no, well, she, it, it wasn't, she, it wasn't yeah, really the same. It wasn't like... Some of it, but I don't yeah. think it's even serious uh, plagiarism because... Oh, it was. It, it, was, was, it, was, it was. It was. If okay, it was. the point Even is, it wasn't wet to wet, as uh, you would think, for, but it was. And that and fact that they admitted it as well, admit, like she yeah, yeah, ad- yeah. admired Michelle Obama. Yeah, admitted. Yeah. They admitted, but her spokesperson response was um, she didn't invent the English language. So some kind of saying, okay, <laughs> they, as Mildred was saying, you can pick a theme. Yeah. Maybe well, child, she, child, she, she, child labor or something. You are talking about it. Stacey can talk it. In one in way, way, I can talk I it in a different, different way. Do you get it? But when I start to pick Stacey's word from word to she, word, she, following them she step by step. She only rewrote the whole thing. Right? She didn't rewrite. You rewrite it. Why are you defending her? Are you a bit of a Trump supporter? No, but I don't think she, she stole everything. I think No, no, no. Not, not everything, but she stole about 80%. Yeah, not 80%. And then you don't have to exceed 10%, I think, mm. when mm. when picking someone's work. Yeah. And even with that one, you have to credit. Yeah, credit. And then you have to ask permission from the person. Yeah. Did she ask Michelle Obama, oh, I want to use your speech to gain more popularity she, or something? She didn't. She didn't. Clearly. <laughs> she didn't. And then she picked around 80%. So yeah. I think they admitted it. They were wrong. So let's forgive them. So no, let's not, not forgive them. them. But let's move on to a different yeah. topic. So we're going to move on to business and we're not forgiving the Trumps. Um, so, Quest, you had a feature art today where you were basing, um, you got some contracts, right? Yes. And so you've got a few answers on Doomsaw which the government aren't responding to. Exactly. It's like an extension of what we came here on, uh, on Friday last week to talk about. Uh, it's about the communication that has to do with our energy crisis mm-hmm. from the presidency, the power ministry, and all our power providers, they're not telling us the truth. What we changed upon was a contract the power ministry signed with the uh, gas providers from Nigeria. There's a West African gas pipeline company. And looking at it, there were so many issues. The first was the price. They were charging us 3.3 MMTU, but $3.3 per, per MMTU of gas. And that's when you compare with how, uh, how much other countries buy gas in the sub-region, that's like twice the average price. There was no explanation given for that. The second condition was that the gas that WAPCO 
delivers to Ghana cannot be used for any other thermal plant except the ones owned by government. That also is problematic because uh, thermal plants owned by government have not been reliable. And so government, by its policy, is inviting independent power providers to come in to help, like car power, for example. Car power is going to give us 700 megawatts. What? So car power is the ship, it, right? The ship, uh-huh. the ship from Turkey, private, right. uh, privately owned. It means that whatever gas we get from the West African gas pipeline, we cannot use, mm-hmm. you know, for car power or any other thermal plant that does not belong to government. So where are the government-owned ones? The government-owned ones are in uh, Abwade Enclave in the west, uh, in the western region, mm-hmm. uh, but they constantly break down. Because how many are there? Or is it just one side? No, there are about five, five okay. of them. Uh-huh. Yes, in the enclave. So the point is, if we can use them for those plants, that we can use them for any other plant, and we decide to do that, we will incur more charges. Uh-huh. The third thing was that the Ghana was going to pay for the provider of the gas. West Africa gas pipeline is just the pipeline. So we are paying West Africa gas pipeline, but we are paying the producer of the gas as well, N gas. Uh, from Nigeria. That's amongst so many other things. And we are wondering how government will bring themselves, you know, to sign this contract. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it's, uh, I'm sure it's during the time where the crisis was at its peak and they were desperate to get a solution out of this. But just after we dealt with the uh, contract, there was a letter from WAPCO saying, okay, so from the 17th of June, we are not going to give you gas anymore. And most of our thermal plants run on gas. Mm-hmm. So what was that reason? They owed the, money, yes, right? Yes, the reason was that government owes some $100 million mm-hmm. to the provider of the gas. You remember in the contract I said, we are paying for the origin of the oh, gas and then the transportation mm-hmm. of it as well. So the transporter has the nerve to tell us, well, the originator of the gas or the, sub- the producer of the gas says you owe him, so I'm not going to transport whatever gas I have in my pipeline to you. Wow. Unless you pay me the $100 million, you pay NGAS the $100 million that you owe them. From the 17th of June, government has been quiet on it. Now our attention has switched to light crude oil. And I ask myself, we never really use light crude oil until it's an emergency. And government keeps denying the fact that this energy crisis is due to the fact that they don't have the $100 million to pay NGAS. So we put two and two together and realized that you know, government was not telling us the truth. The other untruth has to do with the fact that last week they said we are getting 400 barrels of light crude oil from Sahara, who we own. We owe. Um, mind you, we are not using gas anymore. Now we are using. Wait, so emergency. Sahara, where is this company? That's also in Nigeria. Okay. They are the ones we've turned our attention to now to supply us with light crude. Since we are not getting gas, we've not paid out. New business. Oh, okay. New business. Now, now government says government says oh there was a disruption to uh, um, oil pro- uh, production in Nigeria, so Sahara cannot give us uh, fuel for some time. So we had to suffer erratic power supply. Last week Friday they said okay four hundred. Uh, bar- million barrels of, of, of light crude has come in and so then our generation problems have ended and I ask all of you has the generation problem yes. ended? No. no, it's even gotten worse today, this afternoon we are shedding about 900 megawatts of power, that's half of our generation capacity. You know, for we the end users, what annoys me is mm-hmm. there is a problem mm-hmm. let us accept we have a problem and give us Put a schedule. Put timetable yeah. so yep. Yeah. I didn't have light the day before yesterday. So I thought, okay, 24 hours was good enough. Yesterday, I should have light. 
I went home and then my lights were still off. Mm-hmm. It came around this morning around 6 a.m. By the time I left like 7, it was off again. Wow. So what is happening? Mm-hmm. Just tell us, okay, from this time to this time, mm-hmm. we have this problem. So we are going to put off your lights from this time to this time as we try to solve the yeah. problem. Everybody will be good no, because there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Not, we've we've, we've learned it. They will not do that because of elections. Mm. But there's another. There, there's a new information <laughs> yeah. that um, the e- ECG workers are saying the president is sitting on the on, on the, the shadow. Oh, so they have actually. It's there. The timetable is yes. there, but the president is saying because of the argument towards the elections. So do you know what I'm thinking about this hundred million thing too? They started the year on a good note. Mm. And then they saw people were That's forgetting. Right. Like, mm. people were forgetting about all these themselves. Mm. But doing their calculations down the time, they've seen they can't sustain this for mm-hmm. the nine months or ten months before we vote. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's not release the timetable. Let's keep them in the dome. So, two months before election or a month before election, we go and try to solve our bills mm-hmm. and then we give them lights. They, they, they forget. Yeah, so that is what they are trying to manipulate us. That won't, won't work to me. Yeah. For now, yeah. it's not working because we see what is happening. Let's, let's, and let's break I and this will be more discerning. Do you think that there could be another march like there was? Was it last year, the Doomsaw March? No, I don't think no. anybody is going to no. do anything. Okay. Like, we are fed up. Right. Nobody is even giving you a timetable that we are in Doomsaw. Mm. So, what are you going to march about? Mm. They'll tell you, man, we are not in yeah, Doomsaw. No, so like, this is just a small problem. So, it's like they are just playing with our minds, and it's so wrong. But we all knew that was coming, because I remember we've talked about this at the start of the year when we all had light, and it was great and exciting, but, but we knew it was too good to last. I say this, and I will continue to say this. This is not the worst we've seen. Because from what is going on, this is an election year. Yeah. They are trying everything possible to keep this together. They can't. So 2017, no matter who is in power, yeah. we are going to suffer. Yeah. Serious troubles. Just without to sum it all up, you have... An energy problem, and um, I don't know. We've been, we've all been Ghanaians long enough to see a transition from energy provision and where we get it from. We all grew up knowing Akosobo to be the source, yeah. the Akosobo Dam, hydroelectric provider to be the source. Now thermal is the source. Thermal means you are just buying generators big enough, put fuel in them. Anytime you don't get fuel, anytime you don't get gas, anytime the generators have to be Break shut down, down three months, you will have issues. So why why did we wait? Why why this quick fix in, in investing so much in thermal about seventy percent in thermal when you can start, you know, solar solar uh, initiatives and stuff like off the grid initiative, mm-hmm. renewable energy re- initiatives that are more um, future looking and more sustainable, you know? Very good questions. Okay, so David Marley, welcome back. Yeah. You've been on break for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So you're going to have to give us an update on what's happening with entertainment. You've got some audio to play for us, I understand. Yeah, I've got some audios from um, Sister Deborah. Um, she was on um, Paul's Facebook Live that was on, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She came to love. talk about her new song, and through the new song we also talk about uh, relationship issue, which has been the talk of the town. Um, about two weeks ago, people, there was a rumor that um, she's been going out with um, a fellow musician who is a rapper. Mm-hmm. And people didn't believe it. She came out to confirm the news that she's in a relationship. And they were like, no, it's not true because it hasn't happened in the industry before. And 
people thought. Right, so people was, were telling her she yeah. wasn't in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, but they don't the believe rapper? her. They, 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 they that's uh, Medica. Oh. The rapper is called Medica, and they, they thought it was one of her publicity stunts. Okay. She, she wants the attention of of the media and everyone. But then she came on on Post Live, and this is what she has to say about her relationship. Oh, so. We just vibe like personality wise, we are very similar. For how long have we been in a relationship? Um, almost four weeks. Wow. Yeah. Continue. Continue. Um, <laughs> um, he's very much like me. Like the other day, I described him to my best friend, one of my best friends in the States, and she was like, Oh, he sounds like you. So basically, um, he's very caring, he has a good heart. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's very responsible, ambitious. Okay, so there you go. Deborah yeah. Vanessa, that's her full name, right? Yeah. Yeah, Deborah so that Vanessa. was um, an interview with her. So what did you make of it all? Um, we have um, an article on Post uh -huh. and about everything that uh -huh. people want to know, so you can check their celebrity. Do you think they're a nice match? Um, yeah, but the thing is, Deborah is older than the guy. I mean, like, about five years old or something. But it doesn't matter. But, but uh, I mean, I mean... In, in in our culture, it's, it doesn't match. But then, um, in in our modern our world, it's, it, it's our, cool. Our former president's wife was older than him. Yeah, it, before, and he did yeah. a good job. It They've done it. Yeah, but Age is uh, just a number. We are talking about maturity. Oh, yeah, if but the person is mature. What, yeah. which age? Are you about? It so do, it doesn't really matter. But I think I, I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this relationship. But let let's see what happens. He's a rapper. Medica is a rapper, and he's under Chris Waddle's uh, record label, AMG Business. Okay. So and who's more famous of the, of the two? Rappers, uh, this year, I mean, he's been doing well. Okay. Uh, who's the more famous one of the two of them? Um, Sister Deborah. Okay. More famous and controversial. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and what else have you got for us in entertainment or music? Yeah, this week, Shatawale is in the news again in his latest interview with Delay on the Delay Show. He listed four Ghanaian veteran artists who he thinks didn't make good use of their fame when they were on top. And so he made mention of um, Tic Tac, and KK Fosu, Exdo, and Cocovelli. And according to, uh, according to him, they are not business-minded. And to him, they are suffering today because they didn't make good use of, wow. of their fame. And, and have they responded to that? Yes, they, uh, two of them have responded. We have a kick, um, Tic Tac. He came out saying that um, he's done a lot, and it's true. Um, Tic Tac has some businesses in Kumasi. He has some food joints in Kumasi and also in, in, in uh, Accra. And also he's a, a vice chairperson of the Musician Union of Ghana. Tic Tac has some business, and I think he's making a lot of money. And it's not even from his, his music. So Shatawale somehow got it wrong with Tic, Tic Tac. And I, and I think the reply that he got from Tic Tac was, was, was good. And also, um, Exo has also responded. And he asked for him, he was so much, he was annoying. Mm -hmm. And he said Shatawale is a kid. And so that, that was the, the, the response from the two people. What has Shatawale done for himself so far? Um, yes, that's issue that if if time can permit us, we will we'll discuss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, Shatawale, I haven't seen much from him. Is is aside cast? Uh, I don't know how, how what he has he has achieved. Some time ago, he lied to us that he owned um, 
one pub around this place, uh, East Legon. And we, when we went in to check Sorry. the truth, it wasn't true. No. Shatawale told us that he's bought one million mansion in um, Trasaco, but he's still living with his dad. No, I, yeah, so my, my question is, what is he doing? I think this is typical Shatta. Yeah, when, when I mean, problems are coming, he tries to like bring up beef with people. Yeah. yeah. Because these are old people who, yeah. like, they were in the business, business they were some time so ago. Much and then they are now quiet. They are doing their own thing somewhere. So why do you have to call them? And then Controversy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all he I does. I mean, th this year wasn't like last year for Shatawale. Um, Last in the middle of last year, Shatawale had about ten hits, yeah. but this the year he hasn't had up. even I one. Think that's what he's the one he has, soon, the right? title, most of his songs that he's released this year, only the titles are popular, but the songs are not popular. They are not on radio. Um, the songs that you hear about Shatawale are uh, are all old songs from Shatawale. So he's just so, maybe trying to make himself yeah, relevant I mean, in the headlines. The, in, in terms of, he pay, always does that. His his manager is uh, his manager is. A communication person and he's also a PR so I think he's been feeding him with all this and he'll retire in 2020 is even far I mean let's see by next year you may not even hear anything from you guys I, wait I'm, yeah so I mean this is the no I'm yeah it was the same thing when he was bandana. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the second. Oh, how do you call it? Resurrection. This is the second. Yes. This is the res uh, second resurrection yeah. of Shatawale's um, of of career. He's done it before. He, Perhaps yeah. he's, he's beginning to burn out. But looking with the benefit of hindsight, what he's been, how he's been able to resurrect the brand, I wouldn't say he so will go re extinct. I'm sure. Come back yes, I'm sure. No, we, we, are we are fed up with Shatawale and his noise and all these things. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Ghana is fed up. Like, you come up with something at a point, people will be hyping you and then yeah. from that, it's down now. He doesn't know what to do, so he's trying to create beef with people who are who have done so much in the industry, so their fans will come at him and then he'll get a hype and bring it yeah. on a song and then mm -hmm. I think that's what he's trying to do. Okay. I know, um, John Dumelo and Yvonne Essen are back. Um, John Dumelo. Back as friends. Uh, as oh, friends. Okay, okay. Um, both had issues during the Doomsome and Stop campaign. You know, John Dumelo is on the part of John Mahama, so he didn't like the idea mm -hmm. and this created confusion between John Dumelo and Yvonne Essen. But um, John Dumelo's John Dumelo uploaded a new photo of them hugging each other and yeah, saying uh, they've put yeah, their differences aside and now. So the world yeah. is right. Okay, let's move on to sports. Yeah. Okay, sports, we have one story, and that is the biggest story in Ghana. That is Ghana Premier League. Kumasi Asante Kotoko will be taking on Accra House of Folk in Kumasi. Now, this is the interesting part. These two sides have met twice this season. Kotoko have won both of the games. The first one was in the league where Kotoko traveled to Accra to beat House of Folk. Sumaili Abdullahi, House of Folk goalkeeper, made a mistake that went viral. Like, he was slammed on Twitter and social media. What was his mistake? Um, he was in post, a back pass which he could have handled easily. He didn't. Okay. So Kotoko took advantage and scored the only goal of the game to take away all three points. So he was changed for the second game. Another goalkeeper came in for the second game. That was the presidential cup. Um, it was a 0-0 draw. Kumasi Asante Kotoko won on penalties. But now, Accra House of Folk are going to Kumasi. They won their last year in the league. So, it's going to be a big one. House of Folk are on top of the league. Kumasi Asante Kotoko are fourth. 
if they lose, it's eight points gap. So they can't risk to lose. But Hasofoku will also be willing to win. And this is the biggest game in Ghana every time. So it's on Sunday. And just watch out. It's going to be an interesting one. Paul Sports, we are doing something on who you think should be in goal for Hasofoku. Because they have registered four goalkeepers this season. Because of the mistake from the first one in the Kotoko um, game, he was changed for the second one. But the other one has also been doing well in the league. So... Out of the four goalkeepers, who do you think is going to be in goal for um, House of Folk? So just watch out and then for all updates on the game, Pulse Pulse will always catch your cup. Yeah, you guys work hard. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. So definitely look at pulse.com.gh, P-U-L-S-E.com.gh. Pulse, like your blood pulses, um, where we have all sorts of news, features, business, politics, entertainment, Anything that you want, really, even recipes. And now more videos. And more videos, exactly. Actually, definitely look at the website tomorrow because there's a very interesting feature on um, female architects here in Ghana. So check it out, and thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye.